You're listening to an episode of the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 150th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you liked today's episode, be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. Today, I'm happy to be interviewing David Anderson, colleague of mine with the Cadre Speakers for the Department of Defense, and his wife, Stuart. The Andersons are the owners of Impacting People, LLC. Their mission is to empower and equip couples to write their best marriage story. David serves as a psychotherapist in private practice and is a professional speaker. Stuart is the author of The Notebook Meeting, How to Finally Organize Your Life and Reach Your Mountaintop Moments. Together, they co-host the Red Truck Marriage Podcasts and do marriage coaching for those who desire a deeper and more satisfying relationship. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to this interview. Yeah, you're so welcome. (laughs) It's good to be with you. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about the work you're doing as relationship experts. Mm. Why don't you start? It's multi-layered. We have uh, quite a few opportunities to help couples. Individually, we do premarital coaching with couples. And then we also meet with couples who are more of a crisis situation and do marriage coaching together here in our office. The premarital stuff is that's, that's always a hoot for us because we're, you know, you generally they're very young couples. And and so willing. To yeah, they, they, they are. are. Many of them are so thirsty, you know, like, tell us how to have the best marriage possible. You know, what I mean? you know they want to get it right. Yeah, they want to get it right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's and encouraging on, to hear. Yeah. On a larger awesome. scale, we have some group events as well. And we do our work. We do. I think we'll talk about it uh, probably a little bit later. But, you know, we, we do these marriage retreat weekends. We call the Intimate Marriage Academy. And uh, I'd love to talk to you about that some if we have time. That's a whole lot of fun. That, you know, that's more of a kind of the retreat kind of deal where we come up with a really cool venue and lots of couples get to come and interact. So we do that. And then, like Stuart just said, the work that we're doing with folks in crisis, I often say this pain is a great motivator. So oftentimes when people are are really struggling, they tend to to want to go get coached up, if you will. And, you know. Hopefully help themselves. Well, I can definitely hear in your voice from both of you the passion that you feel for this work. Is there a story behind that? Where does that come from? Yeah, we have our own story. (laughs) You know, I often say this. I really believe this, Kim, that sometimes our greatest passion comes out of our greatest pain. I agree. And both Stuart and I, in our story, we both have divorce in it. For me, it was after a marriage of 20 years and some kids were involved. Uh, now, obviously, they're adults. Yeah, they, you know, just the pain that came from that was over the top. And you know, mm. Kim, the pain, the pain impacts so many people. It's not just for self. There's a ripple effect, of course, when a marriage is broken. And so going through that and seeing the hurt that others experienced, our family members, I think David, well, I know I was, I was driven to work on a better life after that. And when I met David, 
We both knew the more that we worked together that the lessons of restoration could be shared with others. And truly, I have a specific story I want to share with you that just really has impacted me. We were in our driveway with a friend just hanging out. And this friend was one who was struggling with his own marriage. And he looked at us and said, I want what you guys have. And it hit us like a ton of bricks. We had both been divorced and we turned, we looked at each other. Dave and I looked at each other, turned and looked at our friend and said, no, you don't. No, you don't. But that inspired us to know that we need to share our stories with others. And that's, yeah, that was part of the beginning. And, and the no, you don't, it's not, you don't want a marriage like ours because of hard work. And I think somebody bigger than us, you know, like we're blessed with a good marriage, certainly having our own struggles like everybody else, but we're blessed for that. I want other people to have marriages like ours, frankly where there's love and respect and connection and intimacy. But Stuart's point was like... We the, don't want that journey for you. Yeah, we don't want you to have that story. You know what I mean? You know, like, try to work it out in your first marriage kind of thing. And to me, it's poetic that for Stuart and I, we're given our lives, our professional lives, to helping people, what we call live out God's best in marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's yeah. not just geographical, living under the same roof, but like really being connected in marriage. That's what we do. I love that because I really agree with you that the hard things that we go through in life, if we get through them and they make us stronger and we have learned things from them, we almost owe it to humankind to share Mm -hmm. our lessons and they Mm -hmm. may hit people that really need to hear them. We're not going to affect everybody that we come across because our story doesn't resonate with everybody, but the people that they do resonate with, I almost think you're you miss the opportunity that comes from that pain if you don't share uh, lessons for others. So I really respect that you do that. I think that's wonderful. So true. So true. In, in fact, wouldn't you say, honey, that the feedback we get from our podcast, Red Truck Marriage Podcast, we'll have people reach out to us and say, I feel like I, I know you all. You probably have gotten that too. And I think it's because they resonate with our story. It's important we share our story. It, people resonate with it. And I think it kind of normalizes them as human beings. Right. You know, It makes you human and not just some, quote, relationship expert, right? Exactly. Like, you know, because you've been there and people want to hear about your struggles and how you came through them. And that's awesome. Not everybody gets it right the first time, that's for sure. But to go from an unhappy relationship to creating a happy one is to your credit, because I'm sure you see so many people who go from one unhappy relationship into another unhappy relationship into another. They keep dating and marrying the same person with a different name because they haven't done the work. So it's really nice to see that you've done the work and that's what attracts people is, wow, you got it right. And it only took you two tries. How how did you do it in two? (laughs) Like what happened? So that's terrific. You mentioned something bigger than you. So I know that both of you are people of faith. How do you or do you integrate that faith into the work you do with couples? What a great question. Why don't you tackle that, honey? And I'll top on. Thanks for the hard question. I appreciate that. (laughs) Our our faith, of course, is who we are and it's where we start from. So when we are sharing our stories or coaching someone along, we incorporate truths that we know into the principles that we want to coach. 
Sometimes that is a delicate line to walk, but we don't want to hold back because we do believe that God has a design for marriage and we want to help people achieve that. One of our favorite words is intimacy, and we believe that that covers the entire experience and we want people to learn how to have an intimate marriage that honors the Lord. Well said, honey. When I was a teenager, if you were to say, hey, David, that couple over there is intimate. Like, I just thought they were having sex. You know what I mean? Like, that's what that meant. Right. We both, over the years, have learned so much about intimacy, not just in our own lives, but that other people hunger for it. So in my mind, a sexual relationship is about very little to do with intimacy, although very important. Intimacy is about connection. Oftentimes in this Intimate Marriage Academy, we talk about the three different types of intimacy. We talk about spiritual intimacy, relational intimacy, that is like being best friends with one another. And then we talk about physical intimacy as part of intimacy. Stuart's right. If you were to say, so what's the overarching truth that we believe comes from God? I don't know how you would answer this, but I'd love for you to answer that. But for me, I I would say in the book of John in the New Testament, Jesus says, you know, you want your joy to overflow? Of course, I would raise my hand. Of course I do, Jesus. (laughs) And then he goes on to say this, then lay your life down for other people. That's the greatest act of love, to give your life away. You know what? Those other people, it starts, I think, with my bride. So most days, most days, I want to lay my life down for. And then there's other days I don't do so well. You know what I mean? So <laughs> You mean you're not perfect, David? No, I'm not. <laughs> That's one thing we like to make clear. <laughs> no, I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. No. Well, but I can tell you this, with days that I don't do that so well, that's where Stuart oftentimes steps in and picks up the slack. Picks up the slack. What do you call it? What do you call that? Well, you just hit on what I believe from the scripture that I want to share and and focus on is that when two become one, that's really a hard, a difficult truth for many people to understand. But becoming one involves just that, taking up the slack when the other is not able. And more of that, we go into the practical sides of daily living and and what it means to be ones. You know, it's interesting too, Kim, like the Apostle Paul was the one that said that, two become one in marriage. But then he goes on to say, that's a great mystery. How do two become one? We do a lot of work with couples about that. How how can you become one, but at the same time remain individuals where you don't lose yourself? Well, that's a big challenge, right? Oh, it's a huge challenge where you're taking responsibility for yourself, not being undifferentiated or enmeshed, but individuals, yet you're one. It's a great mystery, and I think it takes work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A lot of exploration and work. And if I could share with you something, when I did the research for my book, Secrets of Happy Couples, I was very careful not to look for couples in religious settings because I didn't want to bias the research that way. I did all the interviewing of a hundred self-proclaimed happy couples. And what I found was a vast majority of them had identified having something bigger than themselves to be Mm. accountable to. So on the hard days, they weren't just looking for their own individual desires. They were looking for what was best for God. What would God say or what their relationship needed or what did their higher self tell them that they needed? So it was Mm -hmm. just something bigger than themselves that they felt accountable to. And you're talking about that, but also scripturally basing the teachings that you're using, which is really, really a beautiful thing. Thank you for that. 
What do you think makes those weekends so meaningful for couples? Because I know it is a meaningful experience for them. So what is that? From my point of view, it's the strong sense of community while they are there. We have many sessions and many activities, but in all of them, we strongly encourage that there is connection between couples, not just a husband and a wife doing the work within themselves. They have connection with other couples who are at the weekends. We go through all of the sessions just like one large group of friends, and it strengthens people while they're there. Yeah. So I love the sense of community among all that we're teaching. Well, and it's fun, too. (laughs) Many years ago, I used to be on staff with this high school ministry called Young Life up in Virginia, which is where I'm from. Taking literally thousands of kids to Young Life properties in the summer and weekend outreaches and doing program myself and being a speaker there and music guy, you know, we just learn how to have fun with kids from great music, having a hoedown, like just fun things to do. To tell you the truth, I stole a lot of ideas, if you will, from my days at Young Life. And we make them a real fun weekend. Those and loud. <laughs> we play lots of music very loudly. <laughs> yeah, man. We, we dance. We great. Yeah. It's really even hard to describe. We see people laugh. We see a, you know, a mixed bag of emotions. Obviously, a lot of tears as people are doing the work. Yeah. But also an important part of the weekend, I mentioned community earlier, but we have support through a team. We have couples who are there as part of our team for the weekend. If they notice that someone, a couple is struggling, then that couple receives additional support throughout the weekend. So we just make sure everyone feels included and able to take part. Thanks for mentioning our team. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we have a wonderful group of couples who are a part of the weekend. They have a heart for couples to grow in their intimacy. Really, the only prerequisite to be on our team, and I kind of say this tongue-in-cheek because we, we want them to be good speakers and be able to share story and, you know, that kind of stuff. But they have to have a train wreck in their own story with redemption. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. So, so if you have a train wreck and a story of redemption, then you're qualified to come be with the rest of us ragamuffins, right? <laughs> right, because if you have people who are portraying themselves as the perfect couple who've never had to walk through a storm, most of the people in your weekend are going to think they're not real. Well, who are those people? I don't resonate with that. Yeah, I love right. that. Mm-hmm. We've all had train wrecks, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So you may have already talked about this, but do you think there's some kind of secret sauce for a healthy marriage, maybe even in your own marriage? Hmm. Was it laying your life down or is it something different than that? Okay, you start with that one. You want me to start with that? You start with that one. I remember one time, this was several years ago. I say our daughter, she's Stuart's biological daughter, but I consider her my daughter. I love her to death and all the grandchildren that we're getting now (laughs) of them too. But I remember one time when Lizzie was not real young, but she had early 20s and we were sitting at the dinner table, just the three of us, Stuart, myself and Lizzie. And Lizzie asked, she says, how do you guys do it? And I kind of made a joke, like, are you kidding me? You want us to talk about that? (laughs) And she goes, you know what I mean? How do you all do this relationship thing? Which was a great compliment because she was asking, 
Basically, she was wanting to know the secret sauce because she saw this relationship between us, not a perfect one, but one with love in it and respect and all of that. Stuart and I remember we, we looked at one another almost simultaneously. We said, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. That's the secret sauce in my mind. It's giving grace and forgiveness because we're two broken people trying to live together and please God with our relationship. And we're going to mess it up. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the antidote to a lot of the ills, emotional and psychological ills, if you will, that exist in couples who struggle. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness. That's the antidote. (laughs) Well, if I had to speak about the secret sauce, I am really one that looks at the practical side first. And I believe you have to do the work. You have to do the work. And what that means is it's different for different people. Whether you're reading, whether you're seeking out mentors and community or listening to podcasts, continue to grow and continue to do the work. The other is communication. That's huge. We know that. Pursuing better communication between each other. The basis. Yeah. We're doing a series right now on our podcast. It's kind of cool. The six topics couples argue about the most. It's not empirical. It's just our gut, you know, like just within our experience of working with couples mm-hmm. for so many years. What we came up with, well, go ahead and tell the list, honey. Not in any special order. Lack of attention or affection, parenting issues, frequency and quality of sex, household responsibilities, power and control, and money. So those are our top six. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, they're those things <laughs> I would that agree. people talk, you know, they, they argue about a lot and it's human stuff, right? We're really enjoying doing this series right now. And basically we're, you know, we're taking one at a time. We're getting ready to drop a podcast now on the frequency and quality of sex and how to navigate through that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'd really probably want to steal what you said. The work is important. That's ultimately the secret sauce. I hear that with couples a lot, right? They do the I do's and they think it's happily ever after all by magic. And it's just not happily ever after by magic. You need to prioritize your partner and the relationship to be able to have that special connection and intimacy that you talk Mm. about. It just doesn't happen on its own. It's like buying a brand new car and driving it and thinking that the maintenance is just going to take care of itself. It doesn't. You've got to go to the garage sometimes and get a tune-up and an oil chain. It sounds like your Intimate Marriage Academy is like that, only even better. It's like you drive the new car in and you come out with an even newer car. Yeah, and you know what? I I would go as far to say that when you really have a shot at experiencing intimacy is when you get that honeymoon stage or what we call the high-octane stage. When you get through it, once you get that out of the way, then there's opportunity to learn about intimacy. That's kind of a paradox, isn't it? (laughs) It is, but people get confused and think that that pheromone, high romance, high sex time is what it's supposed to be. And they don't really grow into that more mature love because they're trying to recapture that. Or you keep going from one person to another to another and you get two years in until it starts getting a little ho-hum and then you move on to the next person. And that doesn't lead to intimacy. No. Well, I'll say this for your young listeners who hear that and like, oh my gosh, it's kind of a drab perspective. Once you hit ho-hum, there's things we can do when we grow spiritually together. 
That's why we put that in the order, you know, spiritual intimacy and the relational intimacy, working on being best friends, how to do life together, how to communicate better when the feelings are, are not so fun to feel. That's when physical intimacy happens. You can turn ho-hum into some outrageous physical intimacy, but it requires a heart connection and yep. not just genital sex, how we call it. It's heart, H-E-A-R-T, sex. <laughs> I heard John Asaroff, he was a speaker who was on The Secret. I went to one of his workshops in the early 2000s, and he called sex an acronym for spiritual energy exchange. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that that's really awesome. made sense that's to me. Good. And that sounds like what you're talking about. It is a spiritual energy exchange when you're doing it well, and when you have that heart connection. Yeah. Can I tell you, in our premarital sessions, we have lengthy sessions that go for multiple weeks with a young couple. And when they realize that that's the journey they're on, it is one of the best moments that I love to witness when they finally realize, oh, we're going deeper. Oh, we're going to grow into this. And I just love seeing that on their faces yeah. that they understand that process. So, And they get excited about it. Yeah, they do. That's beautiful. It is. Mm -hmm. It really is. Mm -hmm. For the people that are just listening to the audio version of this podcast and they're not watching on YouTube, you can't see what I see. But what I see is an older model red pickup truck in the background. <laughs> yes. And I see David has a cap with the pickup truck on it. I do. And Stuart right. is wearing a red top. I don't know if that's on brand or not. But <laughs> you name. have this podcast that you call The Red Truck Marriage. What is that all about? <laughs> That's your story. It's a great story. But you, yeah, you love that story. And you I signed do. on when I suggested years ago, five years ago, when we started thinking about doing a podcast, I labored over what would we call it? You know, I, I want it to sound unique. And I had a picture that Stuart bought me of a red truck, of kind of a vintage truck like that one there in the background. It was early morning. It was like two in the morning. And I'm up in my office. Like I just labored over this thing. And I, my eyes glanced at that deal. And I said, that's it. We're going to call it Red Truck, Red Truck Marriage Podcast. So there is a story behind it. I'm going to give you a very short version. People can go to our podcast and hear the season one trailer and hear the full story. But one time I was driving to my office and I was on this little two lane road, a little country road, driving, I drive a pickup truck and I'm, I'm driving in my truck and I look over to my left and I, I saw probably 60 or 70 cows running through this field. I was like, my goodness, something's going on here. Something bad's probably going to happen. Maybe a fox is chasing them or something like that. I had to pull over because I wanted to watch. I was curious. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching these cows run, run, run. And way over to my left, I saw this guy pull up to the gate with a red truck. And he gets out of his truck and he opens the gate and he drives in that field. And these cows, like every one of them, ran up to this guy's truck and just parked themselves, right? Just waiting. So I'm like, what in the world? And so the guy gets out of the truck and he goes to the back of his truck and he starts pulling out these bales of hay and he's throwing them on the ground and these bags of feed, he's putting it in these troughs. And it hit me that these cows saw this truck every time, I guess every morning and the cows run to the truck Yeah, because they're hungry. Chow time. <laughs> it's chow time. For us, it struck me that morning that those cows are a lot like me and everybody else that I know anyway. And that is 
we're all hungry. We call it, we're hungry for the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And the good stuff, in my mind, is love. It's respect. It's great communication skills. It's forgiveness. I mentioned that earlier. It's grace. We're all hungry for that. This world is hungry for that. We call it the red truck marriage because we want couples, individuals, but yet one, individuals to drive a red truck in their marriage, putting that good stuff in there. Because when we do that, I think our spouse will run toward us Mm -hmm. because they're hungry. Nice. (laughs) I knew there had to be a story. (laughs) There is. And we we use that story also in our parenting workshops and explain the same to parents for their children, that when you deliver the good stuff, the stuff that counts. And it's really that same stuff. And some of the stuff we deliver to kids, and by the way, we do a lot of work with couples on parenting as well. It's not necessarily things that kids say, oh, thank you for, you know, like boundaries, consequences, like consistency, like all those things that make us effective parents, right? But then later on, they say, oh, man, you were delivering the good stuff, you know, back right. then, right? Mm-hmm. So, Stuart, I want to talk to you before our time is done about the notebook meeting. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit about your book and what your inspiration was for writing it? It's a great question. It's a system. The subtitle, it says, How to Finally Organize Your Life and Reach Your Mountaintop Moments. It was developed before I even met David. It was when I was a single person. I was not very organized and knew that I had to do better. One day watching TV, now I have a business degree as well, watching TV, there was a discussion about family dynamics and a gentleman said, I don't know why we don't apply business principles to family meetings. And it was like a light bulb for me. And I created this system, the notebook meeting where it started with me as an individual. I used a notebook to assess my life, to create an agenda, to create action plans, to put some accountability with dates into moving forward in my life. And so now that system is what we teach others and what David and I live by. We've used it for over 20 years now to proactively work through the dailies of life, but not just the managing the daily life. It can tackle any clutter and chaos, not the tangible things, or it can help you reach the goals that you have in life. So it's a system of we write in the notebook, We have a meeting, but the meeting has a level of fun to it. We go out to dinner, we go to a park, we hike and take our notebook and have our notebook meeting and we plan out our life, whatever's happening at the moment and what our long-term goals are. I get so excited talking about it because it has worked for us. Well, and I know you would resonate with this just because of your background, Kim. It's really an act of taking responsibility for your life. Stuart has this one thing she does, this concept of energy zappers. Mm. She'll ask the question, what are your energy zappers? It could be anything from a cluttered desk when you walk in your office and it zaps your energy. Or it could be a closet when you open the door, stuff falls out. One of my favorite (laughs) testimonials from a woman who read my book, she goes, gosh, I just want to clean my purse out. So (laughs) the, the energy zappers just appear throughout your life. For many people, it's a full garage. But beyond that. But it could also be about relationship. Right. Energy zappers within relationships. Sometimes jokingly, but, you know, half-hearted, like I'll mean it too. Like, like, that's it. We're putting that on the agenda, (laughs) you know, as though that's a rub for us. And we need to put that on the agenda and drill down on it and figure out our action plan. Like, what are we going to do? Because that's feel good. 
Mm-hmm. Or you just let it fester and then it becomes a real big problem when you could just deal with it and figure out a way to manage it yeah. and move forward. Yeah, I love right. that. We've enjoyed it and it creates an opportunity for us. Whenever we have a notebook meeting, we know that we're coming together to do good for our life. So we meet together, not ready to do battle. We're ready to negotiate and to create a plan for whatever area needs attention. And it just has really strengthened our relationship. And we use it with other couples and Mm -hmm. families as well. It's really cool to hear about kids who buy into the notebook meeting because Mm -hmm. it gives them a voice. They get to help create the agenda as well. Although, you know, we may not go to a restaurant with kids, but we can certainly like Pancake breakfast. Yeah, know, pancake breakfast. or Yeah, where you're creating some positive association to it. We have found that kids really, like, they dig it. They like having a voice. I hate to say this, but our time is coming to an end. And I just wonder if there's anything we didn't already talk about that you might like to add for the audience. Hmm. Uh, I would love for people to join us on the Red Truck Marriage. We love giving away, and I know you're this way too, Kim. We love to give away good content that happens to be free. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a way of serving other people. Join us on our podcast, my website, impactingpeople.com. Stuart. TheNotebookMeeting.com. We have resources on both websites. Yeah, like Stuart has a lot of free content on her on her website on doing a notebook meeting and, mm-hmm. you know, how to kind of assess your life, your family, that kind of thing. Yeah, just join us and reach out to us. Pick our brain if you need to. Do you have anything coming up that you'd like to tell the audience about that they might be able to get involved in? I know you have regular podcasts, but what about if they wanted to attend an Intimate Marriage Academy? Wow, that is a great question. We are in the process of planning one right now. We've gotten to the point where we're saying we're going to do them in the location, like we're outside of Atlanta. It's got a great airport, that kind of thing. So we're working on a venue right now. We've got some things that are going on with us right now that is hijacking a lot of our time. But, you know, there's a lot that goes behind these weekends. So, you know, we'll start announcing it once we come up with a date and a venue on our podcast and on our website. Our next big thing is going to be an intimate marriage academy in the very near future. I'm thinking somewhere probably late fall. Okay. So if people wanted to contact you, would it be best to go through your website or do you have another way? Impactingpeople.com and thenetbookmeeting.com both have connection areas there. Yeah, a lot of people reach out to us mostly through our website. Mm -hmm. And we answer all those things personally. We consider that a great privilege to do that. All right. Thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure to talk to the two of you. Thank you, Cam. Yeah, real good. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And remember to leave me a review and share with your connections on social media. This actually concludes my fourth season of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. So I'll be taking a month off. I'll be back again the first week of April. In the meantime, if you want to have some input into the content and frequency of these podcasts, I have a survey that I'm asking people to fill out if you want to have a say, and I'll put that in the show notes. I'll also put in the two websites for Stuart and David, as well as the podcast URL. Until we meet again, I'm looking forward to next season, which is going to begin with a focus on coaching. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. 
This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.